Welcome to No More Reboots, the podcast where we explore the world of novels that should be made viewable entertainment and discuss why it's time for something new. I'm your host, Jasmine Jones, and in today's episode, we'll be comparing two popular paranormal series, Chicagoland Vampires by Chloe Neal and Sookie Stackhouse by Charlene Harris. So let me give you the rundown on these two novels, and I'll start by giving you the summaries on both of the first books in the series. First up, some girls bite in the Chicagoland series. The life of a graduate student wasn't exactly glamorous, but it was merits. She was doing fine until a rogue vampire attacked her. But he only got a sip before he was scared away by another bloodsucker, and this one decided the best way to save her life was to make her the walking undead. Turns out her savior was the master vampire of Cadogan House. Now she's traded sweating over her thesis for learning to fit in at a Hyde Park mansion full of vamps loyal to Ethan Sullivan. Of course, as a tall, green-eyed, 400-year-old vampire, he has centuries worth of charm. But unfortunately, he expects her gratitude and servitude. But an inconvenient sunlight allergy and Ethan's attitude are the least of her concerns. Someone's still out to get her. Her initiation into Chicago's nightlife may be the first skirmish in a war, and there will be blood. And now, dead until dark in the Sookie Stackhouse series. Sookie Stackhouse is just a small-time cocktail waitress in small-town Louisiana. Until the vampire of her dreams walks into her life and one of her co-workers checks out. Maybe having a vampire for a boyfriend isn't such a bright idea. So... There was some buzz going around that HBO was going to revive True Blood and create a new TV series delving into the world of True Blood with new characters. But in the end, the powers that be decided not to go through with it. Although I love the True Blood TV show, if they wanted to do more with the True Blood universe, they should have did it while the series was still hot, not almost a decade later, and I think it should have never been in consideration. There is so much other content and stories with vampires out there. Why would I want to see the same thing when I can see something new? That's also a question they should be asking themselves. I get it a little bit. It could be about money. I mean, why not remake a show or add to its universe to get the existing fan base and also a new fan base? And there you have your viewership, but it doesn't always work that way. I mean, look what happened to Gossip Girl, but we'll get into that on another episode. Both of these series were published in the mid-2000s, and both feature strong female protagonists who find themselves embroiled in the supernatural world. But how do these series stack up against each other? Let's start with the world-building. Chloe Neal's Chicagoland Vampires takes place in an alternate version of modern-day Chicago, where vampires and other supernatural creatures exist openly alongside humans. Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse, on the other hand, is set in the small Louisiana town of Bon Temps, where vampires have recently come out of the coffin and revealed their existence to the world. While both series are set in our world, Neil's version of Chicago feels more fully realized, with the supernatural elements seamlessly integrated into everyday life. In Sookie Stackhouse, the small town setting allows for a more intimate look at the relationships between characters, but the supernatural world feels less developed. Moving on to the characters, both series feature strong female leads who are caught up in the supernatural world. Merritt, the protagonist of Chicagoland Vampires, is a graduate student turned vampire who is thrust into the middle of vampire politics when she is turned against her will. 
Sookie Stackhouse, the protagonist of Charlene Harris's series, is a telepathic waitress who becomes involved with vampires and other supernatural creatures when she meets Bill, a vampire who moves to Bon Tomps. While both characters are likable and relatable, Merritt is a more complex and well-rounded character. She struggles with her new identity as a vampire and the expectations that come with it, while also dealing with her complicated relationships with other vampires and humans. Sookie, on the other hand, is often defined by her relationships with the supernatural creatures in her life rather than her own agency. Finally, let's talk about the overall tone and themes of the two series. Chicagoland Vampires is a more action-packed series, with plenty of political intrigue and supernatural battles. Sookie Stackhouse, on the other hand, is more of a cozy mystery series with a romantic subplot. Both series deal with themes of power and identity, but Chicagoland Vampires tackles these issues in a more nuanced way. Merritt's struggle to come to terms with her new identity as a vampire is a central theme of the series, and the political machinations of the vampire world often mirror real-world power struggles. In conclusion, while both Chicagoland Vampires and Sookie Stackhouse are popular paranormal series with strong female protagonists, they offer very different takes on the genre. Neil's Chicagoland Vampires offers a more fully realized world and complex characters, while Harris's Sookie Stackhouse is a cozy mystery with a romantic subplot. Both are good in their own right, but it's clear that it's time for something new instead of considering a show that's already been made. Chicagoland should have been considered in its stead, and we would have been watching it right now instead of wasting time with another true blood in the drawing room that ultimately got passed over. So let me tell you the several reasons why the Chicagoland series by Chloe Neal would make a great television series. Number one, rich and complex world building, the Chicagoland Vampires novels by Chloe Neal feature a detailed and intricate world of supernatural beings, with a rich history and mythology that could be expanded upon in a TV series. Number two, diverse cast of characters. The series features a diverse cast of characters, including vampires, werewolves, witches, and humans, with each having their own unique strengths, weaknesses, and backstories that could be further explored in a TV series. Number three, Strong and relatable female lead. The protagonist, Merritt, is a strong and independent woman who serves as the backbone of the series. Her journey from being turned into a vampire against her will to becoming a respected member of the supernatural community makes for compelling viewing. Number four, intriguing political intrigue. The Chicagoland Vampires novels feature complex political intrigue and power struggles between different vampire factions which could be a central theme of a TV series. Number five, action-packed and suspenseful plot. The novels are filled with action, suspense, and plot twists that would translate well onto the small screen and keep viewers on the edge of their seats. Number six, well-developed romantic subplots. The romantic relationships in the series are well-developed and add an extra layer of complexity to the story, making them a perfect fit for a TV series. Number seven, Chicago as a backdrop. The series is set in Chicago, a vibrant and culturally rich city that could serve as an atmospheric and visually stunning backdrop for a TV series. Number eight, proven success of the urban fantasy genre. With the success of shows like True Blood, Supernatural, and The Vampire Diaries, 
the urban fantasy genre has proven to be popular with audiences and could be a winning formula for a Chicagoland Vampires TV series. Number nine, strong fan base. The Chicagoland Vampires novels have a dedicated and passionate fan base that would likely tune in to watch a TV series adaptation. And last, but certainly not least, longevity, potential for multiple seasons. With 13 novels in the series, there is plenty of material to draw from for multiple seasons of a TV series, ensuring that viewers can stay invested in the characters and story for years to come. Now you have a lot of ammo if you have a great first season. Personally, this could be on regular cable television with a tamer audience compared to the likes of Supernatural, or you can make it a little more risque, adding in more mature adult themes that would be on networks like HBO. Either way, the show would be a success. The outline is already written for the writers. Why do you think the first five seasons of Game of Thrones did so well? This show would be great. The industry is saturated with superheroes right now, so it will be a welcomed change to mix it up with some paranormal shows. If it were me and I was a development executive, there is no way I would pass up on this. I think it's time for the trend of the vampires to make an encore. So, let me tell you, what would grab my attention starting out as the first episode of the Chicagoland Vampires to get me interested? It would start out pretty much how the first book in the series starts. I would give it an eerie vibe where someone is looking at Merritt, an undergraduate student, walking on campus alone late at night through the woods bidding their time. Merritt is strolling along with no care in the world until she hears a noise and tries to pick up the pace to make it to her destination. And what do you know? Out of nowhere, she's bum-rushed by a man who's tearing her to shreds. The attacker gets spooked by someone else approaching, and as Merritt is choking on her own blood, she sees her savior before passing out. I would mirror the scene from Twilight when Bella was changed into a vampire, showing the transformation and Merritt's unconscious body getting dressed up. She wakes up in a strange place, surrounded by unfamiliar faces, and discovers that she has been turned into a vampire against her will. As Merritt struggles to come to terms with her new reality, she is introduced to Ethan Sullivan, the powerful and enigmatic leader of Cadogan House, one of the city's oldest and most prestigious vampire houses. Ethan offers Merritt a choice. Join Cadogan House and learn to navigate the complex politics of vampire society, or be left to fend for herself as a rogue vampire. Desperate to survive and learn about her new life, Merritt agrees to join Cadogan House and begins her training with the help of her mentor, no one other than Ethan Sullivan, the oldest and most trained vampire in war and combat. But Merritt soon realizes that not everyone is thrilled about her presence, and some members of Cadogan House see her as a threat to their status quo. As Merritt tries to fit in and understand the intricacies of vampire politics, she becomes embroiled in a power struggle between Cadogan House and the nearby Navarre House, led by the glamorous but ruthless Selena de Sognes. The two houses are on the brink of war, and Merritt must navigate the dangerous waters of vampire diplomacy to keep herself and her new family safe. As the episode ends, Merritt begins to embrace her new identity as a vampire and a member of Cadogan House, but she also realizes that her old life is gone forever. She must learn to navigate the challenges of her new world while staying true to herself and her values, or risk losing everything she holds dear. I would name the first episode Blood Awakening. 
And as the first episode of my podcast comes to an end, I hope you enjoyed this and tune in for more in the future. So, thanks for tuning in to No More Reboots. Join me next time as we explore another aspect of novels that should be made into movies or TV series and why it's time to move on from reboots.